Hello and welcome to the Service Ducks podcast. I am co-host James Downs. And I'm Ross Shear. And we're here to chat about all things ServiceNow, everyday life as a ServiceNow consultant, new features, implementation successes, and perhaps more entertaining when it doesn't go quite so well. Hello and welcome back to the Service Ducks podcast. Russ, what have you been up to this week? Um, well, um, well, <laughs> let me have a think. So I have been, there's a couple of things I was going to mention, actually. So first of all, I was back in London. Every time we do one of these. <laughs> You're always um, in London. It, it seems like I'm in London. I'm not in London a lot. Um, and it seems like we haven't spoken for quite a while, actually. It seems like a while since we've done this. Mm. Um, but yeah, so so I was in um, London again. Um, and the exciting thing for, for me, um, it was nice to get out, um, see customers, see clients, and, and have workshops face-to-face. Um but what was nicer, let me tell you. Um, I found the Brewdog Bar in Waterloo. So, <laughs> there's a in Waterloo train station just underneath. There's a um, there's a Brewdog Bar. I'm a big fan of IPAs and stuff, so I found that. Had myself a sneaky little pint before I got on the train. Very nice. Um, and let me tell you, the place is massive. It's humongous. It's got an ice cream van inside. Uh, and I, it's got a hold slide. On, an ice cream van inside. The, <laughs> what? <laughs> the, there's an ice cream van inside. Um, oh, actually, I was going to tell you something. So there's an ice cream van inside. There's a slide. So if you kind of get a little bit tipsy, you can slide Brilliant. down. Yep. Make um, it worse. You got yeah. ping pong tables. There's a bowling alley. Oh, um, nice. If you got bored of beer, you can just have coffee. You know, they cater for all. Very nice. But interestingly, right? They also have meeting spaces, uh, but yeah. get this. This is what we're going to do this year, my friend. They have specific podcast spaces. Oh, hello. Hello. So I'm thinking in the summer, we should get ourselves down there, have a few beers and do a podcast. This sounds ideal. From Brewdog in Waterloo. A bit of sliding, a bit of ping pong. I, I think we should. I think we'll probably need um, some high-level sponsorship, though, before we think, can do that, because it's going to be quite... That might come, you, you could, we could do Jewel, you know, you could do, you know, you could podcast while you're doing ping-pong. That might come across okay. That, that's very true, actually. We don't need to hire out the specific podcast bit, do we? We could just do it in there. <laughs> Probably get kicked out. But anyway, so, so that was very really good. exciting. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the other thing, so work-related, because that, that's what people are here to, to listen to about ServiceNow, I guess. Um I've been mucking about with predictive intelligence. And when I say mucking about, I mean, yes, I've had a project to do. But I've been mucking about with it. Um, And it's not something I've really messed around with too much since it was first conceived many versions ago. Did you have enough uh, records to go on to train it? (laughs) Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, We we got like 200, 300,000, so we got enough. Okay, yeah. but what gets me, so so I was trying to do, so I've done a bit of, um, for those who don't know, there's, there's different kind of arms of um, predictive intelligence, like classification, similarity, and clustering, right? So I've done a bit of clustering, which is all about spotting opportunities for automation. Okay, that's done, great. So we can now see a visual, but it's kind of how do you, how do you present that to the business to say, these are your opportunities, let's go and do something with. Mm. So that's the next step. Um but the classification thing is all about take an incident, right? Based on the fields in this incident, 
what's the output field? So <clears throat> that might be an incident comes in, it gets categorized in a certain way, therefore we know the assignment group is this. Mm -hmm. Yep. Which is fantastic. Um, but I think a lot of a lot of companies are more advanced than that now. And it's not just about I want to reassign, because that's like an assignment rule, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um I, it's not it's not just I want to reassign to this group. It's based on this, I want to then create ex you know, these other records that need to go here, there. So do you see what I mean? Exactly, so there's yeah. another yeah. process behind it. And I think that's that's more your process automation. Um from what I can tell, process automation, the process automation workbench, I think it's heading more towards that. So mm. I've been mucking around with predictive intelligence. Yeah. Am I impressed? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's such an <laughs> underused feature, I think, isn't it? I know it's been there a little while now. And uh, to be quite honest, I've not known many ServiceNow customers who are at that point, in a, you know, that maturity point where they could start investigating its use and how they can, you know, start to yeah. really using intelligence. I think a few have tried it and gone, had some questionable results and, you know, does it does it really give you the kind of value, that, um, you know, to, to warrant, that, to warrant that's using the thing. it? Yeah, that's the thing. Does it give you the value? And I think there's not enough material out there to kind of, help you go through that look you've done the techie nerdy bit now what's the the business case yeah. that you can put forward through um and i think that's part of the challenge um but i also think there's this process automation which i need to wrap my head around a bit more um i think i did see it at one of the knowledge events and i kind of i don't know it was while i had a donut or something so yeah <laughs> paying too much attention um so if you've used predictive intelligence and you're listening to this and you've got views on it either positive or negative then drop us an email um, and we'll read them out. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So yeah. So that was me um, for last week. Uh, what about you? What have you? What have you been doing? I can see that we do this on video, um, and we're going to probably start videoing these. But I can see you have a a new addition to your windowsill there. I do have a new addition. I've expanded my uh, my mascot range. Other than uh, Mag the Mighty here, which is from Game of Thrones. Um, Mag the Mighty. Yeah. I don't think I know that one. Do you know what? That's the uh, the you know the really uh, big guy from Beyond the Wall. Jesus, it's been ages is, since uh, Game of Thrones. Now it's been. Is that why he's called Mighty? Because he's big. I, I guess so. Yeah. Well, he's he's, he's mighty fierce. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but no, my new addition can't, can't be called Keith, Keith the Placid. <laughs> <laughs> you come up with all sorts, couldn't you? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but my new addition is uh, my my new little ducky. Um, I call him Dave. Um, he has Dave it, the duck. He's he's got a nice kind of like ensemble in terms of like he's got a mask on and he's got a nice little headdress thing and um, some. He looks good. He's he's yeah he's different. He's a different kind of duck. <laughs> my he, uh, he is. But, he is and he's and he's he's bigger than mine. Um, oh Christ! I just thought how that sounded. Um, <laughs> but the the duck I have, we both have ducks in our background. Mine's very small. Yeah, my duck. It's about how you use, which it. is not a euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> this has taken a turn for the worse. Yeah, this one's rated R. Yeah. Um, okay, but yeah, no, it's my duck. Yeah, it's my guy. It's my okay. Guy. Um, but no, in terms of what I've been 
up to as well in the last uh, week or so. Um, my my daughter is uh, learning about the Titanic um, at the moment at school. Yes. And her one of her tasks, well, which I've deemed now my task, was to build the Titanic in Lego. So they've asked her to um, almost create a boat and, you know, test yeah. it out on some kind of like, you know, a bit of water to see it all float and sink and come up with, you know, reasons why it's floating or sinking. So I bought this £40 uh, Lego set uh, to rebuild yeah. Titanic. Um, Was it a Titanic set? Yeah. A specific yeah, set? Yeah, specific Titanic right, okay. set. Yeah, okay. it was roughly so, three foot wide, I'd say. Um, a 40 quid? Yeah. <laughs> That's not bad. Yeah, it was not. Yeah, it was decent to be honest with you. Um, but it it sank within a couple of minutes. It <laughs> the windows were too low, <laughs> and st- things started to break off it immediately. And you know the three so that, three or four hours it took to put it together was uh, <laughs> not entirely worth. Well, it. anyone would say that's quite a good experiment, then, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it's supposed to sink. Isn't that the whole point? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It was um, yeah factual. <laughs> It did its job. Oh, it, it, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, it demonstrated. It demonstrated. <laughs> this is what happened. Um, but no, it's good though, isn't it? It's, it's good. good. I, I think. I think I get too invested in specifically when it comes to science and history with my daughter's homework. Yeah. Um, I'm. I'm like you. I get too invested. It's yeah. It's no longer your homework. Yeah. Yeah. Let me tell you why your teachers are wrong about this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> proving them wrong yeah well yeah no it's all good it's all good so yeah so busy busy week for you then yeah busy week yeah fun week yeah all good busy week should we um let's crack on to the actual service now for a little bit i think so let's move on from lego (laughs) and questionable duck related humor (laughs) and barry the bold um right so this i thought what we'd do um, and this, again, has been quite topical in the last uh, few weeks, and it always comes up every now and then, is around what is best practice slash what is your mode of transport <laughs> to get, <laughs> stay with me, to get configuration through the development stack. So you've got, let's say, assume you've got your dev, test, and prod environment, and you're doing some configuration in your dev environment, how do you move it through the environments yep. physically? Um, we all know we've got update sets. You've got things like XMLs. We've got Git repo- repositories if you're using um, uh, like scoped apps and whatever. Yep. Um, or interestingly, you can do it um, for global apps now. Um, but how do you do that? And then how do you coordinate that with teams of people that are doing that, perhaps working across the same kind of products or different products? And So let's start with that. Yeah. Go. Well, I think the first thing that you you one of the things that you mentioned there around teams is quite important because sometimes obviously it depends who's listening to this. If you are, you know, a developer for a organization, if you're a developer for a partner and you could be involved with multiple different teams, it really depends on um you know how many people are involved at one time is there multiple dev instances as well? That's another consideration to think about. There could be multiple. That's, that's- that's a good point, right? So let's mm. let's tackle that in a bit. Let's just assume you've only got one. Let's let's keep yep. it simple, assume otherwise one. we'll be here for a long time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so that one, is a good point, though. If you're a sole um, developer um, on a platform yeah. working on something on X. Um, okay. Yeah. So my first uh, instinct with that is um, obviously you want to keep things controlled, moving things through the instances. 
you may have uh, teams looking to you know QA or you know UAT your work that you're doing in a separate instance yep. so you need to start thinking how am I going to track what I am doing um, when I move my configuration up to the next stack okay yeah I'm with you so for me personally um, I like to write things down <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I like to keep a separate um, uh, logbook or I call it a run book where I can just store yeah. just in a spreadsheet, nothing too fancy. Um, and I'm sure there's other clever methods of doing this, maybe even within ServiceNow as well, um, in you know pipeline and deployment management, for for instance. But I like just a simple spreadsheet where I can just write down, these are the XMLs, these are the update sets, this is the order that I'm intending on applying them to. Uh, okay, so you're old school. Old school, I quite like it, it's controlled, and it even works if there was multiple developers, so you can really understand the correct order that things are going to be applied as well. So so, so that's for you. So if you're working alongside someone in a, in a team, do you get them to also do the same thing? Yep, to update exactly or... the same document, so you know what's being, okay. uh, what order things are being completed in and what order the things will be applied. Because I know we're going to come up to this very soon, I'm sure, about the argument of merge versus batch. Oh, we will. Oh, we will. <laughs> but that's interesting that that, that 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 you'd say, if you're working with other people, get them to do the same thing. I think that's a key, key point, right? Yeah. And I've had this argument with, um, I won't name any names, but I've had this argument around um, either, and we'll come on to this as well, pulling update sets from one instance to another using um, yeah. sources yep. or exporting, exporting the XML and, and loading the XML. Yep. And and from what you just said, and, and I agree, I think as long as you're all doing the same thing and it's yeah. documented and it's agreed, yep. it's a lot easier than place than if you're if you're noting everything down on a spreadsheet, someone else is doing it on a fag packet, someone else just isn't bothering, it's in their head. Yeah. I think if everyone's consistent, that's, that's for me, that's the key. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, consistency is absolutely key. And especially if you're brand new to a, could be a project or to a particular organisation, you do want to ask about those set principles and guidelines mm-hmm. ask if those things are there and in place most likely you'll just see blank faces by the way <laughs> yeah um, uh, no i agree i agree but it's, it's you... important to to you know set something down on paper to say this is the way that we're doing it so let, just winding it back to its simplistic terms yep. so one of the ways you can move stuff is via update sets right yep so we, we, we've mentioned that do you have a um a standard do you have a, a policy around update sets and update set management so what i mean by that is do you do you say right i want a standard naming convention do you have a um a policy that says each update set must have something in the description do you say that update sets are attributed to stories or epics or um i don't know some other weird word that i can't think of but you get the idea yeah right? yeah and to, to answer that, I think you, you've essentially answered it for me because typically, yes. I didn't want to do that. I, I know, if you've preempted it, which is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> we can move on. No. Um, absolutely. I would absolutely include the likes of the story numbers within the short description or the naming of yep. the uh, update set. Um, for some reason, I don't know if it's just a habit thing, I always put my initials in the update set name as well. Yep. I know that once you move them, it's going to say, you know, it's from James or that sort of thing. But... It's always good to see that your name in there because you could be exporting these files. You could be I, viewing it in a spreadsheet. It's handy to have in there. So I'm, I'm going to counter that and say, 
Well, I'm not going to counter it. I'm going to completely agree. I don't know why I said that. Um, but I'm just going to agree it's good to put your initials in the name because if it's, say, if you did it and then I pulled your update set to the next instance yeah, and my credentials were used in that um, update source, mm. it would be like I created the update set. So it's not always obvious that James created it. Yeah. So, yeah. So I would agree initials in the in the short description, yep. the, the, the name of it is a good way to go. Another consideration um, you, would be, do you create an update? I guess this is my question to you. Do you create an update set per story? I know a few are against this. I've come across lots of architects where say, oh, it's just a waste. You can have so many update sets, you know, and you're going to have to have them per scope, um, scope as well. Um, okay. Yeah. I'm going to be bold. I'll be bold. Yes. That's it. Yes. <laughs> and what's the benefit? What's the no, what is the benefit no. of having one I, set per story? I so I come from an agile background, right? Yeah. Um, and each if, if we think about what a story is, a story is something that is that can be deployed independently. By and large, it's something that we should be able to deploy on its own to deliver value to the business as quick as possible. That's the whole point in agile, right? Is get stuff out quick. Yeah. So the way uh, when stories are written, they should be written in such a way that you could deploy individually. Now, we know that's not the case when you've got things like integrations. What's the point in deploying one without the other? I get that. Yep. But if I, if I use that as my base, then I'm going to create an update set per story. Yep. That's, that's why I would do that. There are obviously edge cases and, you know, it's, it's fine to have a discussion about it. But I think if you have that starting point, that's a good place to be. Yeah, I agree. I've seen examples where people will create update sets per almost per process sort of thing. So you'd see like an update set, like this is all the work that we're doing for incident management. I guess that's more waterfall style, isn't it, really? And it depends. It, also depends on your testing cycle and how that's going to work in terms of, like you say, pushing that it, up to test to be. It is waterfall, but then, then let me ask you this, right? So if you had an update set per process and you're doing an incident implementation, you have one update set, right? Yeah. This would never happen. Come on, who, who would do this? So you have one update set that contains all your updates. You can have thousands of rows in there, thousands. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you could, could decide you to could say, right, this is my update set for incident management one. <laughs> Push that up, then incident so, management two. <laughs> so here's a leading question. So if uh, um, we've focused mainly on update sets, haven't we? so let's just go with it. Let's just make it all about update sets. Um, <laughs> other methods well, are available. It's a big part of it, isn't it? The, the, it, yeah, it is. Yep. So if, let's take your argument there. Say, so say if you've seen people that... Um, yeah that contain everything in it, like a product or a process update set. Is there a better way of doing that? That's a leading question. Is there a better... You're looking blank. Yeah. Is there a better <laughs> way of having... Uh, well, other than having... Yeah, I don't understand what you're leading to. <laughs> right. <laughs> I see you were looking up there. He's not going to help you. Where's the answer? Um, yeah. <laughs> the to your ceiling. No, what I was getting at is if you if you carry on and have update sets per story, yeah. there's nothing to stop you batching those with using the batching facility up into a product batch. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So that's 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 when we start talking about yeah, batching a versus batch or merging like a and all that. Sprint batch or something like that typically. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So you can deploy stories individually, but you can 
kind of group those update sets of stories against an epic, a feature, whatever you want to call it, product, yeah. process, um, and then deploy the batch, which then deploys all your update sets, which are attributed to the stories. Yeah. I mean, I'd argue... It sounds perfect, doesn't it? It sounds really good. Yeah, yeah. In theory. I'd, I'd argue that the the merging or batching is purely there as, a, as an ease, ease of, of way to... Um, uh, to push your config up between the instances, yep. as opposed to um, a feature or tool to um, to help where you're storing your information in update sets, if you get what I mean. Okay. Um, but yeah, yeah, because you could also do it the same way. You could say you could have an update set for incident management change problem, yeah, and then you put that into a batch for the entirety of all of those. <laughs> into that'd be interesting pushing that yeah, yeah yeah uh, but yeah it's it's horses for courses and um like you say as long as you kind of set these things up up front <laughs> about how you're going to be doing this and your whole team so, are understanding of that i think that's what matters here's a question for you um i've got two actually so are you on the merge camp or are you on the batch camp or are you on the don't do anything camp or do you do you mix it up I am, so I'm on the batch camp. So before batch came along, because obviously it's not been there all the time. Merge was there and it was the, the way to go. Um, but there's something mysterious and <laughs> black mysterious. Ma- <laughs> and black magic about Merge. You almost kind of like put your trust and faith in it. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. we're going to just merge these, you know, put all these things together and we're going to trust it when so, it goes into uh, the next instance. I don't like that. So, so just, <laughs> so just explain very quickly what yeah. merging is. Yeah, so merging allows multiple update sets to be, conver- uh, to be combined essentially into one. Um, and the, you know, the good, there's, there is good things with that. You know, you, you could be having multiple, um, developers working on an instance developing and, yep. you know, you're not all in control of who's doing what and you're touching the same script sometimes. And, you know, it's good to say, right, we're going to just keep on updating it and then we're going to merge all of our config and that's what we're going to push up. Um, okay. you know, so it does help. It increases speed, um, you know, there's probably better conflict resolution that way because, like I say, you know, you could be working on the same script and it'll just take up what's the latest. Um, yeah. The, the the downside to to merging is the control element, right? Because you're pulling everything in and trusting this kind of process that whatever latest is correct. <laughs> You've got to get with the times. You've got to trust. you got to trust the platform, James. Oh, you, are you team merge? <laughs> um, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. Do, do you know what? I, I used to be. I used to be a yeah. big, um, not a big fan of merge, but um, I saw the benefit with it. Um, yeah. And I think I, I know when you and I were on a project, we used to merge um, our update sets. But I think we used to. Why did? Why did I? Why was I comfortable with that? I was comfortable with that because I was comfortable. I, w- I was comfortable with you, right? And. That sounds yeah. really weird. Oh, this, that sounds really weird. This episode's really no, gone so. I yeah. was confident in your um, ability, and you have some of the same personality traits as me, is that you're very um, uh, organized yeah. in what you're doing, right? Yeah. Um, so when we were merging, I understood what we were all working on. We used to speak all the time. Yeah. There was that communication, that dialogue all yeah, the time. Yeah, true. And if there's any kind of um, conflicts or, um, I don't know, questions around what we're merging, then we'd sort it out pretty quick. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so yes, yeah, so I... I was with Merge, mm. um, Batch, 
I, I'm I haven't merged anything for a long, long time. Yeah, since um, Patch came along, I'm the same. Yeah, yeah favouring more on um, batching. But here's, here's, a, well, here's, a, here's a, a massive question, right? <laughs> is, is if you're working on, so if you've got a team of developers and you're working on individual update sets, because we've already decided they're based on stories. Yep. <laughs> right? For the purpose of this argument. Yep. When do you batch? Do you batch in dev? Do you move stuff up to test and batch in test? Or do you do some in dev and then do the the hierarchy in in, um, in test? In fact, before we get onto that, let's just explain batching a little bit, right? So batching is where you can add, um, you've got a bunch of update sets and you can add a, a parent update set to those that creates kind of a hierarchy. So consider, let's take incident as a product. You might have high level, high level parent as being incident update set. Yep. And that would be the parent of other update sets. Let's say you've got two levels of two tiers. So you might have incident routing and incident, I don't know, resolution yep. as maybe your second tier down. And then within those update sets, you've got another layer of update sets that have those as the parents. So it's kind of like a, a, a pyramid, yep. um, I guess. Um, and it's And it's absolutely worth making some considerations and, and an agreed policy of what those hierarchies are going to be, as in what are you going to have on the parent levels, what are you can have at the second levels, how many levels deep do you want to go before you start creating another hierarchy? Yeah. I would say anyone listening to this, absolutely consider that. There is no right or wrong answer, but consider it, spend some thought. And I think the key thing we keep coming back to, as long as it's consistent across everyone that's working on that project, it's going to make it a lot easier. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> I think one, one of the so other that, benefits that yeah. I can just add to these things is that with Batch also, you can include the other scopes. So remember, if you're working on merges and things like Very that, good. you cannot yeah. merge cross-scopes update sets. Yeah. So That's very good. Yeah. 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 That's been how incredibly often handy. It is, because how often do you work in things like Incident and then you have to flick over to the, yeah. I don't know, what's it called? Incident operational workspace, yeah, space, space, workspace, space, scope. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and yeah to answer your original that's... question, definitely in dev, I think, having that kind of organized in dev and together and then moving that up together rather than changing it in test. I don't know if you have a different opinion on that, but I prefer to manage all um, those things in dev. I, I think I agree. I, I guess it depends. There's a lot of variables, isn't there? It's like, where are you doing testing? Hmm. Where are you doing UAT? Because um, some people, some people only have developer um, and prod instance, right? So we're going to think about that. So some people don't even have a test. Yeah, I think it's um, yeah, it's quite rare. But you're right. Yep, there is a few. So uh, I guess again, it keeps coming back to it. I I think you got to take each scenario as it comes. But as long as it's been considered, there's been a discussion, it's been agreed, and it's documented. I I would. You know, I'd, I'd say anything goes. Um, yeah, I think for me... In, if, in, if, in the right way. Yeah, if you're if you're batching it up all, all kind of like ready in dev and you're pushing that up to, up to test, that's your first kind of, you know, check that it's going to go into a different environment as you'd expect. So when you're pushing this into prod, you know generally what you're going to expect by doing that. So yep. if you're, you know, if 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 some kind of issue happens and, um, you know, what you don't want to do is just kind of 
then start to change how the update sets look and feel in tests and then you're testing almost something completely different going into prod so you're almost setting yourself yeah. up for a fall potentially that that is a really good point actually um unless you have a staging you environment made, yep yeah you, you, you've made a good point because we we need to remember um perhaps a flippant comment by me there but we need to remember that that it's not just testing that the dev works yeah. in tests. Yeah. It's testing the deployment, deployment as well. So you're you're quite right. Is deploy it as you would from dev into test, as you would from test into prod. Exactly. Because that's your kind of dry run, right? Yeah. And going back to our um, very first point about having some kind of run book, you can then document all of those expected skipped updates or which things to accept, which things to yeah. skip. Um, all there yeah, ready, and that, you're going to get the same thing going into prod. Yeah, that that's good. I mean, I we've just um, I just did a project the other week actually, where um, it was kind of an ongoing piece of work, and we cloned over another environment purely to do a dry run of the deployment again. Yeah. So we'd already done it into test. Yeah. But it like was that. belt and braces. Let's do another one. And do you know what? That allowed us to refine the implementation plan because that's another good thing. Have an implementation yep, plan. Yep. Hundred percent. It allowed us to refine that and spend time because we're not all perfect we're going to get errors we're going to get collisions and you need to document them and make the decisions right yep. do you accept the errors do you skip the errors what do you do do you do a fix update say or whatever but it allows us that that kind of comfort blanket to do that document it so at least when we're deploying it to live we know exactly what to expect yeah and 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 the other argument and i always say this right would you rather do a dry run that takes two hours in office time that means your deployment outside of office time takes 30 minutes mm. or would you rather or would you rather not do that and spend two hours 30 minutes deploying it in your own time exactly yeah yeah <laughs> if and you want to think about it like that go ahead <laughs> like like you say it's, it, it comes down to instance management and how um if how many instances you've got whether you can get a temporary staging instance um you know there could be multiple teams pushing things up to test uh, so can you can you you know can you really do the additional clone back just for that purposes for your your yeah. stuff um lots of Absolutely. things to kind of consider um but yeah it's worth its weight in gold if you can do that oh i think so especially if it's I, I a big so. release <laughs> yeah i i i think so um i think so absolutely so Okay, we spoke a bit about merging. We spoke a bit about batching. Yep. We've talked quite a lot about update sets. Yeah. So, what's your what's your thoughts on how to move those update sets? So, we 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 we've decided mm. that we're going to do them per story and we can batch and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But how do you move them from environment to environment? Are you on <laughs> team export the XML and import the XML, or yep. are you on team pull it across using the update source? So um, this is going to be Ooh, very. You've gone really thoughtful there. You crossed your. You got quite defensive. I, all right, I my, noticed. My way only. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is going to be a similar story to like the merge v batch. I think up to a certain point, I don't know when I kind of switched my ways, but up to a certain point, I was always export, export, export. I still like to export regardless of option, by the way, because it's good to have that kind of copy of your work you know what happens sometimes when you yeah. <laughs> accidental clone backs when you don't expect it or you yeah, know yeah, yeah. something happens on the incident on the instance yeah um so it's always good and a good practice to export your update sets regardless um okay but i am on team pull up <laughs> for the update sources i find it team pull up easy to use um it's yeah. just so quick 
Um, I do like if you were to, for example, have an update set on the dev, you pull it up to test. There's an error to do with, you know, skipped um, or, you know, um, uh, you know, collisions where it can't update uh, immediately. So I like to go back and say, okay, well, I'm going to delete the update set then from test. I'll go and fix it in dev first so it's clean Ooh, when it goes back up to deleting. test. Yeah. Ooh. So I like to do that as well. Okay. Rather than yeah, additional so update sets to fix what's previous. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, okay. So, team, I team pull up. What? <laughs> uh, what can we call the other team? I can't um, call it team export and team. import. <laughs> oh, we will. Okay. Okay. So, I like you. I was always on team export and yeah. import, and I think I know why I was um, that way, and it's probably the same as you. Maybe years ago, I would always export and import. And that was because I had complete control of what I was moving. I had, I, I knew, because I have a run book as well, right? I, I call it a run book. Let's not dress it up. It's a spreadsheet, right? Yep. So I had that as well where I'd export, update set, log it in my spreadsheet, import into the next environment, and I would go through the process. It'd be like a process in my head, ticking the box to say it's now in the test environment. Yep. Right? Um. And that was when I was working on a project with multiple different teams, multiple different partners. So I didn't want them to pull my stuff up before I was ready to do it. Mm, yeah, yeah, good point. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, I have now moved onto team, what do we call it? Pull up. So I <laughs> I have now team pull up. Yep. Um, the, the things I would mention around that is when you go, so it's um, update set sources is the module and you can pull it up from whichever environment you like, but make sure it's a sub prod one. Yeah. Um, and you can add in the credentials. The only thing I would say is make sure they're they're um, a, some kind of service account. It's not yeah, some yeah, individual yeah. account. Yeah, good point. Um, and I guess you have to be. You just have to know that when you complete an update set in Dev and someone else pulls it up, it's going to pull your update set up. Just don't mark it as complete if you're not ready for it to be pulled up. <laughs> and that's the point. Right, so yeah, and that's the point. If you're batching, as we've said that we're going to batch in yeah. dev, you've completed them. If you start completing them and think, well, I'll add the batch later, mm. and then someone comes along and pulls it up, it's yeah. going to pull it up. Very good point. Yep. So you, you, I guess you need to have a process that says, yes, we'll batch in dev, but we'll do it at this point, and this yeah. is what the state of the update sets need to be before or, or after, whatever. Yeah. And yeah. The, the only downside of that I can see is you – you could be a developer with multiple update sets open. Yeah. In progress. Yep. And even though if you're done, it's hard you, to track. Yeah. Well, that that's what I mean. If you've got if you've got a developer, you you could have, let's say, ten update sets open, all in progress, right? Yeah. That you have actually done. Yeah. But you're waiting to match them, right? Um and that brings me on to my next point. I don't like that at all. I I can't stand that. Are you one of these people? that has multiple web browser tabs open. No. <laughs> right, that is one of my biggest bugbears. If I do a share screen with someone <laughs> and I see them have more than 10 web browsers, I, I have I to ask them to close them. how they can manage them. it. Yeah. yeah. How can you do it? I think five How can marks? you go through life with that many browsers? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, it's the, but it's the same with update sets for me. If, if I see I've got multiple in progress, I start to panic. Yeah. <laughs> Don't like it. <laughs> Don't like it. 
Yeah, um, I know what you mean. And and, you, and it may well be that you're not then becoming agile, if you know what I mean. So if there's 10 different update sets and you know it's still there after a sprint, should it still be there? <laughs> yeah. well, well, that's it, yeah, I yeah, guess. It should be I guess. completed. The answer is no. You could rely on your run book more than your update sets yeah. lists. It depends. I guess it. You're quite. You're quite right. It depends what methodology you're using to deliver. Right. Whether you're using agile, waterfall, agile. Um, yeah. I guess you have to come up with a method that's going to fit it. Yeah. But again, I keep coming back to that same point. As long as it's documented and everyone's on the same page. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, um, another consideration is that you may not have access to prod, so you may have to think about, um, you know, the you only have the ability to push up into test and some organizations will, will be okay with that but yep. then it's up to a different completely different department um who will then do the push to prod for you so you know whether it's going to be exported xmls they could miss some xmls so you know <laughs> during the night they're going to call you and say you yeah. know oh i'm missing all this stuff whereas if you're just pulling it up through update sources it's a, a lot easier um, that, that's very true um so that's another thing to think about but- yeah, and that that's another good point. Is if you're if you are um, a customer of ServiceNow and and you know you live and breathe this in your in your day job, uh, I guess that's different than if you're a partner like you or I, where we go to work on someone else's instance, and sometimes they might already have their policies. So what you do in one project may not be the same for the next project. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So your naming convention may be different. Your um, method that you use to pull up, you might be working with an architect. Just fortunately for you, you are the architect, so you make the rules um, more yeah. often than not. Um, but you may be working on another project, and the architect says, "No, no, I want you to export yeah. them, put them on a floppy disk." There's something we haven't heard for a while. <laughs> <laughs> floppy disk. Um, you know, and post it, and we'll load it ourselves. In fact, actually, I've been on one of those projects where you where you do stuff like disk. Yep. Um, yeah, me too. Yep. So yeah, I, I think I think we, we we've, we're making some good points, and I think the sailing point which keeps coming back around for me is consistency, yep. agreement, and some kind of policy around it. Yep, hundred percent. I think that that kind of summarises it quite well. Yeah, I think we need to summarise it because we, we've 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 gone thirty eight minutes. Quite, <laughs> we, we, yeah, we, we don't say 38 minutes because I'm going to cut a load out. Uh, <laughs> um, but no, this has been a good conversation, actually. and I wasn't expecting it to kind of ignite yeah. as much as it has. We're obviously quite passionate about it. We haven't even talked about things like GitHub repositories. Oh, I know. Um, app repo, team development. Um, what, what do you put in the change when you push to prod? Um, yeah, <laughs> lots of different I, things. I know. We're going to have to come back to this. Um, and And... Yeah, and go through. It's obviously a hot topic that we're we're passionate about. Yeah, um, and it applies to quite a few different people from different backgrounds as well. I think so. Yeah, and do you know what else I noticed? Right, is you didn't because you're. I, I can see your hands. Right, you didn't look on the web for the textbook answer. <laughs> no? You didn't do. You didn't do your research to say this is what service now say about update sets. No, no, I um, didn't at all. Um, I think, like I, you say, because. It's something that is common for every single project that you were, <laughs> that you are on. 
um yeah the you're you're gonna have update sets and you, you're gonna go for this again and again and again so you've i think you can guarantee that everyone listening to this has been burnt <laughs> oh god and they're shouting fire. and screaming going no don't batch why it why would you batch what are you doing merge is safest yeah <laughs> yeah but everyone interesting I, I i listened to um might have been a podcast uh with chuck tomasi on as a name drop um going back ages ago and it was all death to the update sets we don't want update sets and this was this was when they brought out the fact that you could do um yep. that you could put uh global apps inside yeah um, scope, uh, kind of send it off to yeah at repo stuff glad um, you thought of the word i couldn't think um and that was oh god knows how long ago um so so yeah it hasn't happened does it no no they they, they predicted <laughs> the same thing with me on my on the cma course that i attended and they said look, update sets will at some point go i think they're, they're even saying that it'll be you know sunsetted or um i think they'll struggle to sunset <laughs> update sets but i think they're, they're really but, are pushing i think they are quite well let, pushing let's into that start direction. now let's launch our campaign <laughs> <laughs> to <laughs> Save the let's take our sets. banners. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Go outside, service now offices. Let's just you know organize a time. Yeah. <laughs> Keep the update sets. No. Um, but anyway, James, this has been really good. I hope um, people listening has found this really really useful. Yep. Um, if you are listening, got any thoughts, observations, anything you do, any funny stories? We like funny stories. Yep. Um, then drop us an email. Make sure you're following the podcast. And until next time, I've been Russ. I've been James. And this is Service Ducks. That's all for today's podcast. Thank you for listening. And if you want to get your question answered by the Service Ducks, get in touch through Talk to the Duck at service-ducks.com or just use one of the links below. <laughs> <laughs>